Down to Watch strives to be a unique podcast dedicated to movies, TV, and music with a soft spot for cult classics. Join your hosts, K and D, for fun, games, and the occasional pop culture chatter. This is Down to Watch. This is episode 19, and we are here to talk about TV, movies, music, and pop culture. We're continuing our journey to explore Ryan Gosling and his works. Today, we are here to specifically talk about the slaughter rule. I'm Kay. I'm D. And we are going to get into this very soon. Um, I noticed that I have not asked D. This isn't the first Ryan Gosling film that you've uh, reviewed what with us right no this is not okay so we i I forgot to ask you what are your do you have specific feelings about ryan gosling (laughs) (laughs) um like if there's a ryan if there's a movie that comes out it's like hey starring blah 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 and ryan gosling is is ryan more will he get you to watch that movie more than another actor yeah like uh is he in the realm of actors i uh, like Paul Rudd or you think I could check out Paul Rudd? I don't know. I don't <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't have the same you don't relationship. You don't really have like a specific actor that you're just like. Uh, well, I do now. And Tyler a lot of it. Tyler Labouf or what? What's his name? Tyler Labane or something? <laughs> <laughs> Tyler Labine. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I do like him. Uh, he was great. Yeah. What was that? The Reaper. <laughs> I think it's on Netflix still. Check him out. It's fine young work. Mm-hmm. <coughs> anyway, uh, no, th- I don't have the same relationship to well movies independent of my marriage. Mm-hmm. That you know, because really, I had no relationship to movies or celebrities or actors or anything like that. Right. And we met Timothy Oliphant at our breakfast after we got married mm-hmm. i'm sure you remember yeah you a were little there bit. Yeah. i kind of recall something yeah like you're that. kind of excited i had no idea who he was <laughs> i learned a lot that day i learned who timothy oliphant was mm-hmm. i learned that people make movies in pittsburgh <laughs> i learned that was not the first time your realization of that uh no it wasn't no okay. no because batman had already happened right but that it would that's how it became part of my everyday life was that there'll be actors hanging out Just rolling brunch. around well you know it's the only the four star hotel in town <laughs> you know we don't even have a five but in any event five would be nice but in any event uh he's great i like him as an actor i like him as a person the interviews i've heard of him timothy oliphant mm-hmm. uh he's hilarious he was in scream was that Scream 2, or is he yeah. in the first Scream? Scream 2. Okay, I w- and he just shows up in the weirdest places. I, you know, apparently I've been watching movies that he was in, but I just had no idea who he was. Okay. And he was so surprised that you recognized him. But I don't feel the same way about Ryan Gosling. But I know that you do. <laughs> so, <laughs> therefore, I know when there's a Ryan Gosling movie coming out, it's an opportunity to make my wife happy. <laughs> and I don't mind, because Ryan's a pretty cool guy. He's, a, you know, he's... I, I We'll get into my feelings about Ryan Gosling okay. as we go into this. But uh, good actor. Okay, fair enough. Worthy of following. Right. And I hope, you know, if this thing ever works out where you get to date Ryan Gosling, then <laughs> I get to take out Eva Mendez. Yes, we'll just go on a double date. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> So just so you guys know, um, before we really get into this, uh, there will be spoilers. And um, so, yeah, so if that sort of thing is important to you, you might want to turn it off now and go watch the film and then come back to us. We'll still be here. And please follow us on Twitter at DTW Podcast and like us on Facebook, Down to Watch Podcast. Now we will get into some nerdy news, specifically the Gosling Gazette. Um are you familiar with Blade Runner? Yeah. Apparently there's going to be a Blade Runner 2. If Ryan Gosling's in it, I'm and definitely going to go see it. Ryan Gosling <laughs> is up for uh, to play the protagonist in okay. this film. Oh. Um, yeah. 
Uh, Ridley Scott says it's definitely happening. The sequel is definitely happening. But Ryan, as of right now, Ryan is just kind of in talks about so maybe sort of kind of. It's rumored. It's going to be a Blade Runner prequel or sequel? I don't know. It doesn't say. I don't think he's playing Harrison Ford's role. Right. That's what I was getting I, at. I think yeah. it's, yeah, I just think it's like a continuance. Um, he's like, w- why try to remake this? It's perfect yeah, in every way. I think what the actual quote is, Ryan Gosling has been heavily linked with a lead role and Harrison Ford will be back as Rick Deckard. Interesting. Yeah. So maybe Ryan will be a robot. This one is set decades after the end of the first film, and production in earnest will begin in the summer of 2016. So we're still a couple years off. but S- Yeah, it's smart to do it 10 years into the future if Harrison Ford's going to be yeah, in it. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> a couple it's decades like, later. You know, I mean, <laughs> I mean, God bless him. He yeah, just keeps he's on awesome. Like, doing these action roles, and I guess he's, he's going to be in the new Star Wars film, which... He's a moneymaker. I don't know if that's supposed to be after. Is that, like, number seven in the in the star wars world because i guess there's i'm not qualified to answer that (laughs) question (laughs) i wouldn't want to offend anybody who knows the answer email it to us yeah that'd be great and also if you have any questions or any extra nerdy news for us you want us to talk about you can uh, email us at down to watch podcast at gmail.com you can also post something on the facebook page or tweet us now um let's get into the slaughter rule i keep wanting to call it the slaughterhouse rule i know because of slaughterhouse five correct so the slaughter rule was released in 2002 same year as murder by numbers and here is the synopsis that we have online i feel like it was on either imdb or wikipedia anyway um a teenager at a a teenager at a personal crossroads finds himself questioning the things that have given his life meaning in this independent coming-of-age drama. That is the very broad summary. There's another one that gets a little more specific. It says, Roy, Ryan Gosling, gets cut from his high school football team just days after his estranged father dies. For him, football is more than a proving ground. It is a promised escape from his lonely rural existence. Wow, somebody's given us a lot more detail than the film did. (laughs) 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 Insert Gideon, David Morse, a loner living on the roughneck fringe who is looking for gamers, kids who scrap hard to play on his six-man football squad. Roy Jones Roy joins the Renegades and he and Gideon enter into tenuous friendship that pushes the limits of male bonding. Pushes the limits of male bonding. Was this person in the writer's room? I think so. (laughs) Um, Because this backstory business too. He got cut from his football team. You you weren't really paying attention. That was was like like the first 15 minutes. And that's how he got picked up from the six-man team? Yeah, we'll get there. Okay. Okay, this was written by Alex and Andrew J. Smith. And also directed by Alex and Andrew J. Smith, uh, twin brothers, who, um, I don't know if they were first-time filmmakers or, or what. But, um, all right, before we get into that, our personal history with the movie. I never saw it before and had never wanted to see it. You? Didn't even know it existed. Okay. So there we are. <laughs> Let me read one more description of it. Because okay. uh, they, they won some... I don't think they've done much else that was this successful. These uh, Andrew and Alex. Yes. Okay. I don't know f- for a fact there might be some film that I don't. I, but just scanning their IMDb. 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 Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, I noticed they they won a few awards because uh, I know they were nominated for Sundance. I didn't know if they won. Was this for this film? <coughs> yes. Okay. And they won the Stockholm Film Festival. <laughs> I'm gonna try to pronounce this. Fip. Fipperci Prize, sure. F I P R E S C I. Okay, so Stockholm Film Festival, two thousand two. They say for its depiction of a young man breaking his armor of masculine cowboy mentality, Whoa. told in a confident classical style. Interesting. That's an interesting way. I didn't see it like that. I didn't see that character as having... Well, that's why I said the overall movie kind of had a Gus Van Zant feel to it. Part of it was the music, but part of it was also this coming-of-age tale about a man and masculinity. Well, remember, the conversations we had were pre-recorded. We're, we're pre-recording, so our listeners don't know what you're, what you're we're talking about. You just said, remember, about oh, Gus Van Zant. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I think... 
the audience will remember. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they saw like it. We're all kind of into like Gus Van Sant. Well, the, there's certain musical, you know, you know. Well, we're describing the movie, and mm. so I'm I'm saying that in that genre, Gus Van Sant rules that genre as, and so therefore, okay, it gets thrown in. So if you like yeah. Gus Van Sant movies, you'd like this movie. Is no, what I, I understand the um, the what is it? Something about masculinity. The um, it, well, it's coming of age, right? And defining masculinity. Okay, yeah, but I just don't agree with the description that he was like a hard-nosed cowboy yeah well that's just because <laughs> people in stockholm think that's what everything is in america a bunch of cowboys <laughs> and they probably thought that and if that's the case it's a little racist but also borrowing from the western tradition <laughs> cowboy and indians are like there's native americans in oh here oh my god they, he must right. be a cowboy you know what i'm saying like they're in montana yeah so i guess uh, ipso de facto if you're in montana you're a cowboy if you're not a Native American. Okay. According to the people who run the Stockholm Film Festival okay. in 2002. Did you have anything else there? About any Anything else you wanted to? They won out? the Independent Spirit Awards in 2003. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I'm not going to try to pronounce the names of these awards anymore. They won a lot of stuff. They won, like, they won two things. Well, good for them. They were nominated for a couple things, too. And I kind of looked into the where are they now because I wanted to see if like they went to Penn State because mm -hmm. this is also kind of the Jerry Sandusky story, mm -hmm. but told way before that story broke. Right. And if anybody has seen this, or just stay with us and you'll figure and you'll know what we're talking about. Um, okay, so character slash actor breakdown. So we have our star, our shining star, Ryan Gosling, plays Roy Chutney. Roy is a high school football player. I want to say he's like seventeen. It's probably like his senior year, seventeen, maybe eighteen. And um and the beginning that when we meet him he is like loving life you know he's on his football team playing and all happy go lucky but then he gets news that his estranged father died and it's uh, suggested that it's by suicide that he stepped in front of a train and killed himself but right. he doesn't want to believe that and um also uh, maybe soon thereafter he gets cut from his football team and he doesn't really have. Like much else to kind of hang on to his mom. Well, his he's left vulnerable, you know. Yeah, his mom. He doesn't seem to have a really great relationship with his mom. Um, he didn't seem to have a relationship at all with his father, so he didn't right. really have a father figure at all. And um, it seemed like his only real connection was his football team and his friend. Uh, I think it was Tracy. Tracy Two Dogs. Yeah, Tracy Two Dogs. So they're played by uh, Eddie Spears. Uh, yeah, Eddie Spears did a great job. Yeah, and so um, yeah, so that w that's Roy Chutney, and then um, David Morse plays Gideon Ferguson, who is like this town, like he's kind of off. Um, he's the man who sa he sells newspapers. He runs around. He walks around selling newspapers to everyone. And I'm assuming this is a very small town. The character, yeah, is like. <laughs> like a a couple of newspapers from homeless. Yeah, you know, like he absolutely, and and a couple of marbles short of a full uh, jar. Uh, yeah, or whatever. Uh, yeah, a few cards short of a full deck, maybe. He like walks. He's he's off. <laughs> yeah, he's a very off person. Yeah, <laughs> he's off putting. He's kind of off in mentality. Yeah, he reminded me of the creepy old man in Family Guy. The one that loves Chris. <laughs> right? he yeah, that he was. Bad. No, it wasn't overdone. It was <laughs> right. like real life, that <laughs> character. Like, the character. Like, like, fearful, like it's really right. too real. It's not, there's nothing comical about it whatsoever. No. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was it was strange. Yeah, he's he, he, he spoke in like metaphors or and he, he, he quoted a lot of music or he would say something to say a phrase and then he'd be like, blah, 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 1942 whoever like and, and it's like what i don't i don't i, I missed he's like i had this thought therefore it's important and true and you have to you have to feel this thought that i'm having right now yeah he's very intense he's very he seems dirty most of the time um everything was right his best friend was the homeless guy yeah and uh, he seemed to have things more together than him so um david well, uh, he was, he was, was yeah and that was actually played into the dynamic of roy and gideon yeah, we're Gideon was played by David Morse and Roy Ryan Gosling, just for those that are trying to follow along at home. Mm. And a lot of times, like Roy was playing the adult figure, right, in his relationship with this coach mentor. 
Yeah, so Gideon is the he's got nothing else really going on and he is the coach for this six man football. Like amateur just like some kind of tradition in Montana. It's I some guess. ragtag football it's team. Like it's like we're just gonna get six guys together and like there's no organization or anything. This is just like some random adult men in Montana gather six boys and yeah, so I was like, these are the kids who either are unable to or unwanting to play for their actual schools, play football for their schools, because it's not like this town seems to be lacking like high school actual football teams. Right. So it's just like these are the ones who didn't make it, who didn't make the cut, or, and so they just kind of gather together and play in their own league-ish type Yeah, right, thing. right. <laughs> I don't understand it. It's It was weird. So um, Like pickup games. Yeah, yeah. But they had. They seemed to be. I don't know. It was kind of organized because there so, was. Yeah, they didn't get into the whole organization of it. Well, it was they just did. Like a given. Well, when six man football. When Gideon said that he had a team or something, he went to some guy who I'm assuming it was the the mastermind of it all. <laughs> we have to research and this now. No, <laughs> what six man football? Yeah, you keep well, talking. <laughs> well, so Gideon once he once he got Ryan on his team, he went to a guy who was in charge and was like, "Okay, I got my team." Blah blah blah. And the guy wanted him to pl- to pay an amount of money for insurance for every game that he paid every every game that he played because of the accident that happened some years ago where one of his one of the guys on his team died. Right. So yeah, so Gideon's <coughs> got some mystery behind him when we meet him. What yes. have you have you found have you found the definition of six man football? Nope. No. Okay. So moving on to Clea Duval plays Skyla Cisco. Ooh, wait. I did, I'm there now. Okay. I'm sorry. First of all, sixmanfootball.com is a thing. Oh, jeez. Like this is a real thing. Mm. <laughs> like this is going on. Uh, we're just sports illiterate. Yeah. The Bible of sixman football in Texas. Sixmanfootball.com. And then okay. there's there's more. Claire Duval plays Skyla Cisco, and um, she <laughs> she's like I don't know she's the love interest for Roy Chutney. She I think she's a little bit older than him. She works at a bar, and she's a bartender. And um, you know they start their little relationship, and she doesn't really, for me personally, she doesn't really bring too much to the table of the story. No, it's it's really it's about the character. It's not about the plot. This is a coming of age story about a teenage boy. So he just needed There's a girl. You need a girl to help with the ultimate. The ultimate story here is really more about nature than it is about, and there's a person. Because there's a lot of, like, landscape scenes. Yeah. And there's a lot of opportunity for trouble in this young man's life. He's having sex with mm-hmm. this girl. He's Nobody's watching after him. He's... Got cut drinking, from his team. Drinking He's moonshine. Yeah, oh, yeah. I mean, they set it up <coughs> so that you're what you're wondering is it's really about the character of Roy. Because the opening scene is about this deer that gets caught in the barbed wire. Uh-huh. Which it just happens. Poor deer didn't see the barbed wire there running at night. And they just get caught up in it. And the deer was dying. I was like, why is there a deer ass up, face down, bleeding in the middle, <laughs> all in the snow? Uh-huh. And Ryan's character, Roy, comes upon it and... He like was like, oh, this is horrible, and goes to check it out, and he realizes the deer is still alive. Mm. What you're supposed to do if you're a man is kill that deer and put it out of its misery. Would you do that? Would I you would. Be able to I would. No, he would punked you, out. Would you seriously oh. be able to do that? Yes. Wow. Put it out of its misery. That's but what you're supposed to do. Yeah, I understand what you're supposed to do. And he, and they didn't tell you whether or not he did it or not in the beginning of the movie. They cut away. Right. You know, they cut away. So I don't r- recall if, if at the beginning of the movie if they even revealed that the deer was still alive. They did. Okay. They did. And because they went through the whole thing where he, you know, recognized it. And it's kind of, that caught him aghast. So they set up the proposition. Okay. So they cut away. And then the next thing you know, his dad dies and he's <laughs> cut from the football team. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the story picks up from there. Is This guy's lost now. He doesn't have a father figure and it's interesting stuff goes into it later i'm sure we'll get to that when we start to talk more about um tracy two dogs okay so david kale plays studebaker um 
Gideon's homeless friend who lives in his Studebaker. I forget what his real name was, but uh, yeah. they, they called him Studebaker. Right. Um, and he was just maybe one step away from being extra off <laughs> more no, off no, than, he was. than Gideon. He has drugs, though, and the drugs keep him on the even keel. <laughs> but no, you get I to mean, see behind t- the scenes. I mean, he's like not too far gone from Gideon. Like Gideon, oh, the only yeah. thing separating the two is the fact that Gideon is paying rent somewhere. I Arguably. think that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Question. Or he has a room somewhere. Yeah. It, he's yeah, he's got a door. I don't know. But those were he w- he had diabetes. So those were Is that what it was? Yeah. Okay. Was that was insulin. just still awkward. Yeah. He's like, here's my ass, shoot me up. <laughs> What's no? <laughs> and then he's like, Okay. And Roy gets in the car. That's what happens when you got parents around. Your dumbass kids are gonna <laughs> jump in the car <laughs> with Studebaker. And shoot a hypodermic needle in some strange butt. Someone's home house, house car. <laughs> and it, and it, his coach comes upon him at this moment. That could have been a really terrible, horrible situation. Because he was trapped, essentially. Right. He was caught in the middle. He's like, hey, what are you doing? That's my hooker. <laughs> <laughs> this Roy, is my alley. Yeah, Roy gets <laughs> caught in so many... Uncomfortable situations yes. in this yes. film, and uh, possibly dangerous situations. Um, also, we get to Eddie Spears, who plays Tracy Two Dogs, who is Roy's best friend, and he comes along uh, with him on this ride of the six-man football. Which have you found? Yes, I'm okay. ready to share. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I just this jazz podcast. We just make stuff up as we go along. <laughs> Six-Man Football was developed in 1934 by Chester, Nebraska, high school coach Stephen Epler. Chester, Nebraska? Is okay, I thought yeah. was Chester, Yeah, no, no, Nebraska. the town, Chester, <laughs> Nebraska. He's a high school coach. His okay. name... That's a great name. His name is Stephen Epler. His name is Stephen Epler. As an alternative means for small high schools to field a football team during the Great Depression. 1934. Smart. Okay. We're still keeping intercollegiate together. So apparently, its tradition has lived on and li- lives heartily in Texas. I've ne- yeah, I guess so, because I've never heard of this ever. Uh, this is interesting. No, it's Do not. Do tell. Oh. No, no, it's <laughs> not. It's just history. They're talking about the first game was played. Oh, okay. So we have like a clearer understanding as to why this exists. It's a thing. Yeah, that and that is a, an actual real thing. So what were you going to say about Tracy Two Dogs? Okay, so it's so he also is part of uh, like a mirror, if you will, or a cathartic expression of Roy's masculinity. Is this guy? It's his okay. best friend, mm-hmm. who is who is full blood Native American. Yeah, and like also doesn't have his father in his life. Right. He's got a stepdad who's an ass. Yeah, and talks to his son horribly and beats him. Right, and makes him steal things. Yeah, steal Christmas trees. Right to resell on them. Christmas. Yeah. Oy. <laughs> yeah, just a total loser. But Eddie's character, uh, Tracy Two Dogs, does you know rises to the occasion as a good human being. Mm-hmm. Definitely stands up for himself, that kind of stuff. Right. And he says, his dad says things to him like, "Get your ass in gear." Right. Get in the truck. And Roy, because he has to give his coach a ride to games and rides everywhere. You know, they're hanging out after the game. Coach has to wait while the boys are off you know, being boys after the game. And Roy's character, you know, Roy's like, get your ass in gear, get in the truck. Mm. And so his coaches didn't like that much. And it's like, if you don't know the, I mean, young people talking to their elders that way ain't right. Right. So I was shocked that he, you know, got away with it. Brazen (laughs) that he said it. And then I was like, oh, that, you know, that's what um, Tracy Two Dogs' dad stepdad said to him well and so it's like how he's mimicking adult behavior around him he's looking for some kind of father figure and this well gideon guy al- takes advantage of it but he was also i i saw that more of him he this is at this point he has lost respect for gideon oh yeah so it's yeah, not yeah. even so much that he's i mean well yeah, he's moved on to another father figure which was tracy two dogs dad stepdad i don't think so well you see the character trying out different things around him. <laughs> Trying out different alpha types. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. Okay, and um, I mean, that's pretty much it for our cast and uh, cast and um, characters. But there's a couple honorable mentions. Kelly Lynch plays his mom, who 
she pretty much couldn't didn't even have to be any there didn't have to be a mom in this she didn't have to have any speaking roles there was nothing personally i mean all it does is really show you just how jacked up his personal life is like how much he d- has no one <laughs> right the lack of of parental yeah. units you don't want to talk about the actress uh clea duvall who played the love interest or what about her well she was just i mean she's been another thing she was in argo she was in girl interrupted yeah i know she shows up a lot and i, I just i've never really saw it for that actress okay um she's always kind of the same to me everything i see her in and another honorable mention a very young amy adams yeah right? plays random cheerleader Nice. Number one. Nice. Um, Albert doesn't like Amy Adams. <laughs> <laughs> He's growling under the table. Don't mention her name. So that's uh, it for those it. guys. Is it because of Sherlock Holmes? Was she in Sherlock Holmes? I thought she was. I think you're getting her confused with uh, the other girl, um, Rachel McAdams. <laughs> There's an Adams in there somewhere. <laughs> Ryan so. Gosling's ex-girlfriend. Huh. All right. Six degrees. So, so like we said before, like we were saying before, the story, high school football is the main focus, or is the playing field, I guess, for all this, for all the stories that are that's going to take that's going to take place, and um, it's like the second football movie I've seen with Ryan Gosling. In yeah, it. I hope he stops because I can't take it anymore. I don't. <laughs> 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 I don't want to watch any more football. I don't want to see him <laughs> do any more team rallying because he does when a lot of that. I say renegade, you say pride. Renegade, pride. renegade. Pride. Yeah, that goes on a lot in this movie. A lot, it's like a little too much. <laughs> but um, I did <laughs> find out that what slaughter rule. If you guys are wondering, slaughter rule actually means uh, it's the rule. Hey, easy. This rule provides for an athletic competition's premature conclusion when one team is ahead of the other by a certain number of points prior to the game's end. Like so, 45 points. In so this as to avoid the losing team being further humiliated by the winning team. The slaughter rule. You've been slaughtered. Yeah. So what do you think like that would mean it with Ryan and Gideon's characters? Um, well, at the end... Mm. Ryan totally Ryan's character totally flips Roy, you know, totally flips and outs his coach Gideon, and so okay, th- that's wait a part minute, of wait the. A minute. Maybe we're go- maybe we're jumping ahead too far because we haven't really. Well, I was going to tell you what the okay. Maybe we are because that's that question at the end. Yeah. Okay. okay. So maybe we haven't really established. So, what exactly is so weird about Gideon and what's going on? And uh, probably what the underlying message is. Well, it's not just weird about him. It's it's there's I don't I didn't see this movie the same way you saw this movie. Okay. You think it's about football? I think it's about. Oh, I don't think it's about football. Okay. Just football. I'm saying football is the playground that everything is taking. It's a lot of the stuff that takes place happens outside of that realm, though. Football really is kind of. It's the. (coughs) Before the football is introduced into the movie, really or not. I shouldn't say that because football was what was part of this kid's life. He wanted football. Football was denied him. That his g- his dad him, dies. That's what got him into Gideon. His dad dies. His mom's not really there for him. We have boy wandering the streets. Mm-hmm. Runs into Gideon mm-hmm. in a diner. Mm-hmm. And he's all in his little weird mode being the guy from Family Guy and having weird conversation about what it means to be a man mm-hmm. with this young boy and just talking about what it means to be a man. Or, you know, a little too much. Yeah. And decides he's going to start a football team there in the diner well no because you you missed this part when ryan the same day that roy gets cut from the football team after everybody leaves the locker room gideon shows up in the locker room and looks at the list of who got cut from the team so he's a total predator right okay so he and he writes down who that who Who he's going to go pick up okay so that's what i'm saying vulnerable kid gets picked up by a predator right is what this movie was to me yeah (laughs) you know and but the other part of that is gideon's justification so to speak is he can't be open openly gay Mm -hmm. he wants to be openly gay but he can't be openly gay 
and it, so and it comes up. He has a conversation about this with Roy, the character, right? Kate and Roy, which is the, probably the most important scene in this film. Yeah. In this. In, in yeah. This Roy asks him if he's ever been with a woman, mm-hmm. and he's he's like, "Well, whores don't count." <laughs> right. Yeah. He's like he said he's never been with a woman. He's been carnal, but he's never been with a woman he hasn't paid for straight up, and he's never been kissed. And he says it a little too like longingly right 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 this young boy right right and that's when he that's when he totally crosses the line it goes from being weird to like okay this is a molestation going on he's like perpetually crossing this line yeah perpetual line jumper just so just so we're we're clear guys like um before this we even get to this point like the town there has been rumors around the town and everybody has been like whispering in ryan's ear in roy's ear saying you know he's a He's a prevert is actually what, something that was said <laughs> and that, you know, to look, you know, so because there was something that happened prior to this, like years ago when he had done this six man thing before. Right. He loves his six man team. It's just super creepy. Mm-hmm. <coughs> and uh, that's really kind of what it's about. You know, that's and maybe that was part of the institution at one point in time and Alex and Andrew had a bad experience and they're like the world needs to know. I don't understand why this story was uh well I understand why it was told. It was a great story. Mm-hmm. But I just don't understand what would motivate somebody to create this if it didn't happen to somebody they know or something. Truth. Yeah. No, it's understandable. It's it was a very personal movie. Yeah. And I don't know if I I don't know if I just missed a lot because of the way David Morris was playing Gideon and like the speech patterns that he chose or even just the actual dialogue that was chosen for him. But a lot of things went past me. Uh I, I feel like there wasn't a, <laughs> It's like hobo speak. Yeah. <laughs> there wasn't <laughs> enough there there were some things that needed clear not not even clarification. It was just like I felt like the script was muddled. Like I didn't think that the script was quite as clear as it could have been. It was su- it was such an inside view of an subculture, yeah, of Montana six man football. Yeah, it, it, it was really specific. That's what I guess, I'm saying. Like, had it yeah. just been football, I would have been bad enough. Like trying to decipher right, right. what it was happening. It didn't seem like a story that was <laughs> was pulled out of the writer's room. It seemed right. like a story that was pulled out of somebody's diary. So, yeah. Exactly. So this was like definitely like not just football, but like a subculture of football, six man, like specifically Montana, Montana six man football <laughs> and like run by a hobo. <laughs> There's going to be just enough blurred lines here where we're not going to get sued for libel and slander. You know what I mean? Like to a certain extent. Yeah. Uh, nonetheless, it, it was told very well. And a lot of the imagery and and the dynamic of the relationship so is about this kid's character and mm. i just want to keep reminding the audience of that that this is a story about roy's character mm-hmm. and there are no conclusions in the beginning other than he is a character mm-hmm. he's got some issues he's out there drinking he freaks out and has tantrums and all kinds of stuff he just has a hard time processing his emotions right i mean i guess yeah i just you saw it as very well told. I did not see it as such. I, I, I just, I just, I was just too confused by so, so many things, certain things that were happening, and, but not like, I felt like a lot of what I was doing was coming to my own conclusions for things like, well, I guess this is what they meant. Well, I guess this is where we're going. Well, I guess <laughs> this is how this is gonna be. Um, I just didn't feel like I was being told one way or another. This is what direction we're going in. And I get what the overall story is, but when I maybe I, I know it's not about football, but when I say that that football is the playground, I, I guess what I mean is like football is the vehicle that this story is being told by. That's using that's telling the story. This is the the arena. Like this is all taken. Like I know this is about Roy and the relationship that is happening between him and Gideon, but this is all it's taking place with the background of football. For me, what tipped me off was the the not very subtle, I thought, symbolism of the deer stuck in the fence. Mm-hmm. Like, why did they start with this? Because it didn't really seem to connect to football. Uh-huh. So to me, it was just a big glaring thing. Like, 
there's going to be some metaphor here. There's going to be some symbolism. <laughs> and then it executed it as told between, like, Bambi, who loses his parents, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like that whole kind of thing. Yeah. It's the lost in the world. It either becomes a friend or a predator. In this case, it was a predator. Mm-hmm. And then this kid can't process his emotions well and then they tie it up i'm just going to go ahead and jump to the end because i think i need to tell you what i'm seeing here because and if it just can't wait for bits and pieces of the whole plot to come out (laughs) but in the end after all this stuff he roy loses his shit because he can't control his emotions Mm -hmm. and he outs gideon as a gay man Mm -hmm. uh, who's weird with boys and all that other stuff in front of everybody right and Gideon's like, you broke my trust. Right. I trusted you. Because he, before he started this whole conversation about whether he'd been with a woman, he's like, well, can I give you my trust? I'm not going to get your trust unless I give you my trust. Right. So he's, give you he my says, trust. You, didn't, you don't trust me. Yeah, right. And so, never which is also to. kind of a weird, strange conversation. If you ever find yourself in one of those conversations, you're with a predator. Mm. <laughs> Watch out. <laughs> you know? Right. In any event, um, Roy decides not to give his coach a ride home that night after he freaks out on him. Right. The other thing, I'm sorry, before that, the coach, you know, this guy actually, he likes to dominate boys. He plays this really tough coach aspect, mm-hmm. and he likes to just dominate himself over these kids. And so the way he dominates himself over Roy in this scene is he grabs his junk. Oh, that's right. Right? Uh, that's like a big fight. And it's like, you know, you love this sugar something ah! or whatever, uh, right? Yeah. In front of the whole group after Ryan outs him. Yeah. And I'm not saying was it that might be. was it even after? I think it was. Yeah, it was after. Okay. And so that's why Ryan jumps in his car and drives away as fast as he can, mm. not processing his emotions. Gets stopped by the train. Mm. This is you know how his dad dies. Mm. This is the the train now comes back to, so his character can develop. He stops. He gets out of the car. He processes his emotions, mm. and then they cut back to the whole deer scene. Okay. And he doesn't kill the deer. Right. And then he goes, and it's freezing cold in Montana. Coach has to walk home apparently like 50 miles or something. And he, Ryan knows he's going to die trying to walk home. He knows this guy's two newspapers away from being homeless. Mm. You know, he goes back and he gets the coach mm. and puts him in the truck and takes him to safety. And that's where the film ends. So that's why, in my mind, this is really just about the character of Roy and all these also awful situations where they give you lots of information about stranger danger Mm. (laughs) and if you were in the (laughs) you know penn state program this would probably be a good movie for you to watch and talk in a group session with other players and other people that might have experienced this this happens a lot in professional sports with boys right uh when i was in high school our soccer coach who didn't let me on the team like we moved and i tried out i was junior varsity back in my old school my new school i was trying out scored goals blocked goals i was given it the full d power mm-hmm. and I, I i was the first one cut and the kids on the team couldn't believe it they're like who's the one cut and i was like i don't get cut and they're like, no way how could you get cut turns out later he'd been molesting the soccer players some of them and probably didn't want me in this little inner circle because mm-hmm. i was a new element you mm-hmm. know he'd probably been grooming these kids for years right and so that was a lot of this. It showed a lot of the dynamics of predator coaches, how they groom. Right. You know, it just be a word to the wise. And that's why the story had to be told. Right. And the way they did it, I thought there was some nice bookends. It wasn't, I think, too much with the whole deer on either end of the story. Mm-hmm. So that's, what it w- that's why I could say it was well told. Do you feel like the deer was just an example of how he didn't couldn't put something out of his misery or do you think it was like a symbol of the relationship between his relationship like he should have killed it put it out of his misery no no i think no that's this the character is different than me the character shows basically like let me answer the first question. The first question is, the deer it just got caught in the barbed wire. Right. Like, and in many ways, he is the deer. Okay. Ryan is, the, you know, Gosling's character. Roy is the deer. That's what I'm trying to get at. And he's just the deer the whole movie. 
Okay. And then the train comes, and he has to stop and think and process his emotions, and then he realizes that Gideon is a deer. Mm. Okay. The deer. Okay. And he goes back, and he saves Gideon. And I was a little harsh on him because, you know, what Roy did when he came across the deer was very sweet. I have no objection to what Roy did. Roy did not kill the deer. Instead, he laid down. And this is where the movie fades out, right? This is where they show you this is who this kid really is. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He lays down and he stares the deer in the eyes. They look each other in the eyes longingly until the deer dies. Yeah, he kind of stays with him. So he's just a little sweetie. At heart. Not a cowboy. A little soft, but that's okay. He just needed a little more guidance in his life, I guess. (laughs) But not everybody has guidance. Not even Tracy Two Dogs. No. Oh, and poor Tracy. Yeah, his neck gets broke. Right. After After he had, he did kill the deer. And... You know, metaphorically speaking, and he comes back like he had quit the team. He was like, you know what, I'm done with this. this is right. And then he came back to, he went and got his life basically. Yeah. Like he went back to his tribe. <coughs> he left and his abusive father. And right. And uh, folded into the tribe. Yeah. Came back with war paint on and everything. Yeah. So now that I've praised this movie, let me tell you a couple things that annoyed me. <laughs> <laughs> the character Roy has to ask everybody in the movie if they're a coward it's a it's a question he poses to everyone he poses it to his best friend Uh when he tells him he's going to quit the football team yeah he poses it to his coach when they have to throw the game Mm -hmm. because his friend's neck was broke (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) (laughs) i'm just i don't know is that one of those things though that people if they're if they're insecure that's showing his his own insecurity that he fears that he is a coward or he's trying because he didn't to kill be the deer or just whatever uh, he's just not trying Maybe. to be a coward and so that's what he's like reflect he's uh projecting i onto think other that's people. a very astute observation Kay. thanks you're brilliant i went to art school <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> so i could deal with crazy people my whole life <laughs> you get good at this <laughs> are there any other moments in this film that you would like to address or i think they should have ended the movie uh, probably about seven minutes sooner seven yeah there's a part in movies and uh, writers please stop doing this (laughs) where the movie's over the story's told good job you finished the story when he didn't kill the deer wrap it up right that and and when he's staring the deer in the eyes as the deer dies roll the credits (laughs) <laughs> and yeah. then end it on a big sky <laughs> Montana, and boom, you're done. No, you want to have more narration just in case your audience isn't sick of your over-proselytizing anyway. Show don't tell people. It's lazy. To, and then, the, you know, the narration comes on at the end. Yeah. It's just like, oh, you know, if this were a Coen Brothers, they're the only ones that do that right. Give it up. Hang it up. <laughs> only the Coen Brothers are allowed to do that. <laughs> That's my rule. <laughs> so I do have a couple of uh, – I. A couple of my problems with the movie, my questions, I guess, was one, how is he drinking in the bar? Is it just, you know, that's just how lax it is there in Montana? I think it's a period piece. You know, all it was told in 2002, it was probably written in the 80s or so. And it wasn't always that 21 was the drinking age across the entire land. Okay. For example, in Kansas, you could drink when you were 18 until, like, the late 70s. Really? Yeah. Okay. Two, um, there were some continuity problems with his black eye and broken nose. Because there's a scene, uh, I think it's just in Gideon's apartment, he has the broken nose and the black eye. And then the next scene, he's having sex with Skyla, and he's completely healed up. No Band-Aid on his nose, no black eye, nothing. And then the next scene, he's fixing the fence and his house band-aid busted nose and black eye so i found that problematic maybe she cleaned him maybe she licked his wounds she licked his bruise away 
with Vaseline. Yeah, okay. So I have a hard time trusting movies <laughs> after they... They don't pay attention to <laughs> their effects. Exactly. It's, it's like, a little continuity. That you know, pay your makeup department, okay? Because it's really annoying. <laughs> pay pay your script you supervisor. Yeah, is <laughs> that whose job that is? Whose job is that? <laughs> your editor. There's like several people <laughs> that it came down to that it went past before it got to this point. Um, the scene where his mom is crying naked on uh, her bed. I missed that. This is like towards the end. This is when things get really like... It, they kind of got a little David Lynch because there was like uh there was just like a couple of quick scenes that I just didn't understand like he comes home and I forget exactly what it is but it's very close to the end and he opens his mom's door and she's wailing naked on her bed and she never they never interact she her back is to him when he opens the door and she's just Whoa! and he's like mom and that's it I don't know why she was crying and that that scene that was your 7 minutes that could have been cut out of the film. Yeah, there's the another seven. <laughs> they're making films like films free. <laughs> I guess it was maybe digital. I doubt it. Um, um and uh, yeah, the point where I guess they just wanted to see that actress naked, Kelly Lynch. I guess. Or, you know, like seriously, that was probably extra money. Could have saved. Kelly Lynch is th- isn't she De- John Travolta's wife? Could have put that towards craft services. Could have put that towards the makeup department. Yeah, whatever. Right. <laughs> makeup department <laughs> would be better. I just have snacks on the mind. I made a delicious salad. <laughs> Tomatoes and peppers. Didn't you eat it? I ate mine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it. I mean, well, okay. Your star rating of this film. One through five. Oh. Can I have more numbers? Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. Can I have one You know, ten? five is the best, right? The, no, I want a new parameters, not n- more numbers. <sighs> no. Five? Because it gets difficult. Three and a half. Okay. I gave it a two and a I half. I hate giving fractions. Okay. Um, just, I, I still just, I don't know. I f- still feel like it could have been told better. I, it, it maybe it's just a little too dense. Uh, my bias is that I like those kinds of indie looks into life. I like the fly on the wall movies that I wouldn't otherwise know about six man football or Montana. I've never right. been to either of those places or things or whatever. I mean, I feel like Ryan's performance was pretty good. Let's can we get to your Ryan Gosling meter? Um, we're not there yet. Okay. Uh, would are wait you for it? Wait for it. Are you down to watch it again? No. Me either. I never need to see this movie again. In fact, I would very much like it if someone would give me my three dollars back. Um, <laughs> but if you want to uh, pay the three dollars to rent it, um, it is on Amazon Instant right now for two ninety nine. So or if you're a therapist, yeah, and you have boys with these kinds of things, they need to talk about this. is a very yeah. great film. I th- I think at some point, you know, some uh, this is I I don't want to take away from the importance of the film and the message that the film is giving, and, and it does it very tastefully. It's, it's the not yeah, over the top. It's the like lesson that it's teaching. perfect. Me personally, I never need to see it again. Right, I got it. It's a one. It's a one and done for me. Um, yeah. So it's like this is. I give it. I give it like the Peabody Book Award for mm-hmm. Bridge to Terabithia. <coughs> Do you oh. know this book? I know of it. So it's it. a great book if if elementary school kids have to deal with loss. Okay. Somebody dies. Okay. Because this book deals with this little girl who dies. Mm-hmm. Remember that uh, there was a movie with uh, Macaulay Culkin and somebody, My Girl? Yeah. So c- along those lines. Oh, okay. Similar, you know, those kinds of stories. Okay. They're important stories. They need to be d- told and done well because people deal with that stuff. And right. a great way to get through it is through story. Right. And opens up a venue to talk. And this is one of those movies for people who have been molested, especially for boys right. and coaches in that situation. Right, because... Sandusky. Well, yeah, and plus it's just also... Um, it's Certainly not the only one. Even, you know, you no. know somebody. If you know four guys, then one of them, you can guarantee, has had this kind of a situation brought right. upon them. Right, and because when you're getting into all this being a man business, quote-unquote... At that age. That's what makes it harder for boys to come forward and say... And, right, and right. Tell somebody. That oh, yeah, because your masculinity is constantly in question when you're a teenager. <laughs> right. It's 
like just normal things, just like by the color shirt you're wearing. Like right. It's just right. It's, so I'm like just socks matching, don't match. Yeah, whatever. Exactly. How you look at your fingernails. <laughs> what <laughs> chips you chose that day. Like it just doesn't matter. Like right. somebody's always looking to fuck with you for um, masculinity or lack thereof. And um, so, yeah. So on a serious tip, if you or you know somebody call who, the hotline. <laughs> We don't have a hotline, but I'm sure there is one. Um, just, you know, Google the information, who you can talk to, who you can find. Talk to somebody. Tell somebody because it's not right. It's and not okay. It, it's If you're a boy or a girl, male or female, you should really um, find somebody you trust and tell them and make sure that this, tell con- them this doesn't y- continue to happen. Tell them you're having boundary issues with an, uh, somebody. It would be a good way to open the conversation. And on that, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back with the gossip factor. Okay, we are back now, and um, I did call this this portion the gossip factor, and in other episodes, I've called it "Hey, girl." I'm not sure what I want to call it. Um, so it might fluctuate back and forth. I can do that. <laughs> this is my Hey, girl. Hey, girl. What's your Gosling factor? <laughs> well, question one. There are certain things that Ryan Gosling is famous for or known for to bring on, bring into his roles that he plays. One, does he sing or dance in this film? Yes, several times. There is the first time we see him, he's drunkenly singing in the moonlight. Uh, the second time, he's dancing with Clea Duval. It's a very fancy, like, little partner dance. Square uh, dancing. It's a really square dancing. Did yes. you see it? Okay, so it's square dancing, and it was fanciful. I was impressed. <laughs> and um, there's an impressive yodeling moment. There is an impressive yodeling moment. <laughs> and there's also. It goes with the square dancing. Yeah, but it was two separate scenes, totally. And On the same bar. Was it two separate scenes? Yeah, two separate okay. scenes. Um, the the square dancing, where there was a bunch of people there, and the yodeling, he was just hanging out with her while she was cleaning up at the bar. Um, and then uh, when he's in Gideon's apartment, he's, like, singing. There's also uh, another thing about this movie. There, uh, music seemed to play a really big role in yeah. part of the storytelling, and not even just the score or the soundtrack, but just music that was mentioned in the film. And now I'm not a country western fan, so I, I, I'm sure I missed a lot. One more thing that I missed in this film, but there was a lot of references, just shooting out, shouting out like movie or uh, song titles and years and artists. And I just kind of wonder if anybody out there knows the significance in any of those songs. Somebody's album collection. Part of the writing team. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever they could get rights to. <laughs> I don't know. But it was there's obviously, like I said, it was a real indie look at some very particular things. Yeah. Like six man football and North Country country western music, I guess. Okay. Something we'll never know. Truth. All right. Is is Ryan's character off putting or eccentric? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he can't process his emotions. Does that make him off-putting or eccentric? Yeah, off-putting. Okay. Um, Did he disappear into his character? And he was eccentric, too, to a certain extent. (coughs) Yeah. Um, Did he disappear into his character? I think so. definitely. Um, I think he did a really good job at doing that. Um, This is almost kind of a character I haven't seen from him before. I I may be wrong, but I I can't think of anything. I can't either. Yeah, this was really well acted yeah. by Ryan Gosling. The character smug level, one through five. What's this, what's this five. Name? He did great. He was totally smug. Are yeah. you kidding me? The way he talked to his elders and all that other fun stuff, There's that was part of his character. I'd give it a four smugness level. Okay. I think five is like murder by numbers. That's... <laughs> yeah, okay, you, I see your point. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was a different character. Still uh, smug. <laughs> is the character attractive? Why do you ask me? 
<laughs> ask it's everybody. It's the same guy. I ask you. I ask you every every. No. Ask everyone. No. Okay. Um. Now you were asking if we had gotten to this portion yet. What were you trying to get to? Earlier you asked. I was just trying to move things along. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so we're going to wrap that up. We're going to wrap it up. That's it. That's the end of That's it. That was the last one. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, Would you want to take a picture now? No. You sure? Yep. How about a mirror? Nope. You look adorable. Absolutely not. I don't want to I am memorizing this, this moment. <laughs> you go ahead and do that. <laughs> it's a great t-shirt. <laughs> with your costume you're just so <laughs> geeked out right now you're so it's so you <laughs> and now it's time we read from the book of gosling 100 reasons to love ryan gosling <laughs> number 21 if you guys have been keeping up we've been going from one on up and i'm not going to keep rereading we're just going to take five from each one if you would like to find out all 100 reasons yourself keep listening or just go check out 100 Reasons to Love Ryan Gosling book. It's on Amazon. Um, Joanna Benick. I don't think I'm saying her name proper, last name properly. B-E-N-E-C-K-E. Number 21. He has good taste in movies most of the time. Thankfully, Ryan had the sense to drop out of the ick fest, the lovely bones, before filming started. <laughs> you love that movie. You love saying it. <laughs> He was replaced by Mark Wahlberg, who jumped at the chance to don a dodgy beige polo neck and play the super fun role of a dad of a dead girl's grieving dad. If only, <laughs> if only <That's> sarcasm. Yes. <laughs> if only RG had displayed the same nose when it came to the damp squib that is Gangster Squad. Thank you. That movie is poo. We wouldn't have had to snore through it if Marky Mark was the star. We wouldn't have just stayed. We would have just stayed home and re and re and re and re watched the first half of Drive. <laughs> <laughs> Number twenty-two. He makes politics hot on screen. In political drama, The Ides of March, he somehow manages to make George Clooney look like an airbrushed alligator compared to the beauty <laughs> of his royal Rhinus. Really, I don't think I've seen that. I think we may have. I feel like I slept through a lot of it. Um, but apparently I have committed to this journey and I will get there again. You will. <laughs> you have committed to this journey. <laughs> Nerd up. Number 23. <laughs> he makes politics hot off screen by marching his gorgeous body alongside the Occupy Wall Street protesters. It's official. The 99% love Ryan and so do the other 1%. Number 24, he makes politics hot in screen meets life. Ryan produced and narrated Regeneration, a documentary about the political apathy of the young, the Occupy Wall Street movement, and the bankers and corporations who have caused so much socioeconomic woe. Right on. Right on. <laughs> this girl is funny. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the author of this book? Joanna Benick. <laughs> Number 25, he chose his own accent. Okay. Already exhibiting that famous I don't follow the crowd because I think deeply about stuff attitude as a child. Little Wayne decided to carve out a new accent for himself. He felt the Canadian lilt wasn't tough enough, so modeled his speech on Marlon Brando. So now you know why he sounds so damn sexy weird. It's Godfather via a boot. <laughs> which make was now that um that clears up a lot because I've always wondered oh, why. Canadian jokes. <laughs> <laughs> I've always wondered where his accent comes from. Like it's just it's a weird, it's a weird thing. You would think that he's from New York or something, but he's all Canadian and stuff. And you know, all right, so he made up his own accent. Okay, that's cool. I can dig it. I can get behind that. And that wraps up our musings on. The well, slaughter I rule. I have an appellation to make. Okay. I don't know if this is going to get cut on the cutting floor or not, but Maybe I... Maybe the digital cutting room floor? 
I was like, yeah, I, I was trying to move things along. Mm. What I meant to say is I wanted to talk about his singing and dancing. I was looking forward to that part. Okay. That's why I asked about it. I just say things wrong sometimes because <laughs> I'm a dumb man. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> then we give, like, the dumb man puppy dog eyes. Oh, look at me. Look at me. I'm so cute. Mwah. Hey, I want you to remember this. <laughs> Next time you see a spider <laughs> and you need... You need backup and yeah. <laughs> <I need> assistance. <laughs> Although you did karate, you I just I'll share with the world. Okay, my wife killed a spider. That spider was hallway. ginormous. It was it was so large, it was the size of a silver dollar. <laughs> right? Yes, and you handled it. You also <laughs> killed a couple boxes in the process. Well, <laughs> it was a firefight. <laughs> Picture it, Sicily. <laughs> 2015. <laughs> <I was laughs> I'm coming into the, my home with arms full of things, and there's a ginormous spider that's looking at me, and I'm looking at him. And I think, what do I do at this moment? If I open the door, he might follow me inside the house. So <laughs> I'm like, I think I might be able to make it. So I moved, and he moved. And I was like, nope, not going to happen. And that's <laughs> what <laughs> I stomped him to death and like killed all of the empty boxes that were hanging outside waiting to go to trash. How did you first the approach the spider? Was it with a boot? With a boot? Or, <laughs> or a boot? I'm talking a boot, a boot. <laughs> it was more like a reactionary thing. Did you kick it or did you hit it with a box? Did you no, hit it with it a grocery bag? Well, what I really did you put down the grocery bag? I didn't put down or the grocery bag. Did everything just go blank and then you woke up? <laughs> no. I, I blacked out and I woke up and there was like spider body parts all over the place. The pixies no. were playing, <laughs> buildings were blowing up. No, what, what actually happened was that I, ch I thought about for a split second because I had flip-flops on and I didn't want it there to be any chance that it would touch my bare feet. Right. <laughs> so I thought maybe I can cover it up with the mat, with the welcome mat, and just step <laughs> on it that way. Okay. And I I moved that mat and then it was like, bing, and it like took off and that's when I started like kicking boxes and like <laughs> <laughs> stomping gotcha. any and everything in the way. Right. And I was like, F it, this is happening. Right, and I was like, this is just sounds I've never heard before. I'm inside the house. And no, I come out. David! <laughs> right, I come out, and she's like, <laughs> I don't even remember what you said because I just, uh, my eyes went down, and then I saw <laughs> the spider. <laughs> and that, for me, that's when everything went blank. And I woke up <laughs> like two days later. Rocking in a corner. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Like I felt cold run down my spine at the, at the, at the horror of the architecture of this insect. <laughs> like it wasn't a fuzzy, cute spider. It was. There are no fuzzy, cute this spiders. Was straight from hell. Yes, it was it most was, definitely. It was a minion of hell. It might have been the first. <laughs> it, was, it was a minion of hell. I think you might have killed definitely. the first vampire Good. that ever existed. Good. What it was a scary vamps? spider oh like God. that. Like, would not be surprised if it turned into a vampire. And by the time you came out to dispose of the body, there was like a chalk outline, and then there was like all of these other, I, I other still spider don't like going out reporters. There. <laughs> I see some of the sizes of the spider webs on the fire escape. Are you kidding me? That's outrageous. Huge. And the cats know how to avoid them. We have feral cats flying above us like pigeons. <laughs> so, yeah. City so living. <laughs> Is that, are we living a slaughter rule? No. No, no, because the cats haven't out outnumbered us. There's still four of us. There's only three of them. Okay. Okay. We're expanding. Just so you know, we might get a turtle. Okay, so <laughs> we can talk about it. That wraps up. <laughs> that concludes our discussion on the slaughter rule. And once again, if there's anybody out there in any sort of uncomfortable situation with somebody, nobody has the right to touch you or make you feel uncomfortable and tell somebody and uh, make make sure you try to just tell somebody, and so we you can get it to stop. Um, what did did you guys see the slaughter rule? Let us know what you thought and because we are not the end all. <laughs> right. There's probably Authority all kinds of this. things we don't even pick up. The, there's. It was well done. It was a good story. It was told well. I I, I agree with Stockholm Film Festival that gave them that prize. Well, I can't pronounce. Fine. We can agree to disagree, which is great. You know, you need some some opposing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I just opinions. wanted to say, you know, 
took some courage to put it out there. Congratulations, Alex and Andrew Smith. Definitely. In the event they listen to this. I hope you had some healing. I hope this was a nice healing process for you if that's what you needed. Mm. As I'm telling the story, like if, if if something like this, if they experienced something like that and maybe telling the story was a heal was an act of healing for them. Absolutely. I'm I'm just I'm wondering if we're gonna get sued for slander <laughs> libel <laughs> for just if. putting it on them like I that. Said if. <laughs> like, I'm just saying, man, good job for putting the story out there. You're all like good job for surviving this. I mean that's that's a leap that might have legal consequences. I'll have to write it by legal. <laughs> <laughs> so if you saw the movie and you have your own thoughts, please let us know. You can tweet us at DTW Podcast. You can <laughs> leave a message on our Facebook page at Down to Watch Podcast. I say you leave all of that in <laughs> and let's see if we get sued. <laughs> I mean, that's what legal then, came back with. <laughs> that's what legal came back with. <laughs> it means our podcast is getting to the right people, if that's the case. We'll have their autograph. <laughs> Maybe we'll ask for their autograph. Yeah, right on this I document. Would totally, I would, <laughs> I would love one of the, a copy of the script. You know how you can buy scripts. Yeah, D- I would. You would like a copy of the script? Okay, we'll see if that we can make that happen. All right, I'm trying to put some money to mitigate our damages. We'll spend money on the franchise. <laughs> Alex and Andrew, um, if you have some words for us, you can just email us at downtowatchpodcast yeah. at yeah, gmail dot yeah. com. Totally don't have a legal department. <laughs> I just made that up. <laughs> you guys would be so kind as to rate review subscribe like follow give us love show us love we like love because we love you i'm k i'm d and we are going to peace out and i love you This has been a Rugged Angel production.